Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome, my friends. And what an amazing show. Besides you calling in and asking your questions, which really is the high point, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? There's a state that has now ruled, a court there has ruled, that it is okay for police officers to go ahead and shoot dogs while they are inside your home. What? That is just yeah. wrong. No, I, th- that sounds kind of National Enquirer-ish, doesn't it? It does. Um, no, really, no, no, it, it is absolutely true. And uh, we'll tell you which state it is. If there are police who come into your home and there's a funny move by a dog in any way, anything that makes the police officer feel uncomfortable, they are now protected in shooting. Okay, we'll find out more about that in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. I see Robert Simro. He has five ways we're loving our pets to death. Uh-oh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> these are That sounds downright scary. Yeah, yeah, it does. These are things that we're doing that we think are really good for our pets, but oh, actually... I can think of a few. I, I, I definitely <laughs> can think of a few. I was thinking of treating. Treating, obviously. Treating, you know, yeah. Food treats would yeah. be number one. But he has four more, at least. Okay. And that's on the way right here on Animal Radio. And let's yes, take Mama. one for Dr. Debbie. We have Jan on the phone. Hi, Jan. How are you? Hi, okay. What's going on? I have a little one. She's a four-pound chihuahua. Oh, very little then. (laughs) Pardon me? I said very little at four pounds. Yeah, and I rescued her five years ago. She's nine years old. And she's very difficult to feed. When I think I've hit it on the the nail on the head, I'm so happy. I found something she really loves. Uh, Two days later, she's not interested. Okay. I found something. um, I, I tried the little pebbles, I call them a little um, dry food, Mm -hmm. and uh, I buy the holistic. I'm very holistic. I don't give her any injections, no medications, and um, she'll eat it for a day or two. I've tried everything. My latest thing is the all-natural freeze-dried dog treats made out of real beef. And with, um, what has it got, berries and flaxseed, it's called Pro-Treat Raw Naturals. It's a natural okay. treat with meats, fruit, and vegetables. I just discovered this. It has blueberries, cranberries, antioxidant protection, flaxseed for healthy heart, skin, and code. It's grain-free, great for pets with allergies. All right. So, Any- so what's going on here with this appetite? Are you concerned about her? You know... Yesterday, I, I got something new. It was a little, these little dinners. Uh, where is it? I'm on the last one. She seemed to have liked it very much. It's called Natural Choice. Okay. Uh, so tell me, does she have any problems? Yesterday, she ate like there was no tomorrow. Today, she okay. ate it all. Okay. And um, when you put down the food, what does she do? She smells it for a half hour. Okay. She smells and, it. It's ice cold. She never eats a warm meal. Okay. And um, what do you do when she doesn't eat? Do you, do you encourage her? Uh, well, I you... put a little something in it. I'll, I'll uh-huh. add, I'll take this treat and I'll crumble a little of that. Or I'll take garlic and just put like a smidgen of a little garlic powder on it. 
and I have uh, other things. <laughs> I there's bee pollen, Doctor Harvey's bee pollen. I put on it. It's supposed to be a pure food, and um, power patties. I try everything. Ah, uh, you know what? You're you're hitting upon the main problem here, and in the effort for these little ones, because we always are kind of concerned, especially when we have a toy breed and they're young, we want them to eat regularly so they don't have problems with low blood sugar. They just don't have the same nutrition re- uh, stores in their body that you know, say, a larger breed does. So, in many cases. We humans, and you got to look in the mirror on this one, we create the picky eaters. This is generally not something that just kind of appears. This is a human-driven behavior in many cases. And in most situations, I can say that it's a situation where someone's tried everything under the sky, soft food, canned food, home-cooked, prepared diets, and the pet won't eat. Well, a lot of it really comes down to how we introduce food and how we encourage our pets to eat. So for picky eaters, there's a couple things I'll look at first. Number one, I'm going to look at the pet, and I'm going to ask for a, a complete physical exam, especially a dental exam, because there are pets that will not eat reliably with dental pain. They won't cry about it, and they may not complain, but they just may not thrive and be healthy eaters. And being a chihui hui, um, we always want to look in there their mouth because they can get advanced periodontal disease at two to three years of age. So it's not uncommon. So that would definitely be suspect for me. Um, the other reality is that a lot of times when I hear a client come into my office and say, oh, he won't eat a darn thing. Um, he's such a picky eater. I really look at the pet's body condition. If we're a little bit portly, we're not truly a picky eater in the true sense of the word. We're a selective eater, and we're training the humans in the household how we would like this whole meal process to be dealt with. <laughs> so number one, I would say, is we need to look at coddling behavior. Um, how do we feed our pets? You know, do we put the food down, and do we dress it, and when do we baby talk, and do we see come out here, and we hand feed our pets? We've created... A whole dream for our pets in this scenario. Guilty. Yes. Well, in some dogs, it may not be a problem. But for the right pet, and they're the smart ones usually, this becomes kind of the show, and they enjoy it. And it is part of what they have trained us to do. So we have to recognize it's not always about the appetite. It's about, well, I just want more of a show, Mom. I want you to cook. I want you to put this down. I want you to hand feed me. I want you to baby talk me. And they're really kind of getting their way, if you will. So that is, uh, we have to look at that as how this contributes to this behavior. And then also, too much choice, too much variety. Anyone who has a toddler says, do you give them five different foods and say, which do you want? You tell them, this is what we're going to have, and this is what I'm offering. So you have to kind of keep it reasonable. When you start pulling everything off the shelf and out of the refrigerator, you're just adding to more confusion for our pets because they're thinking, ah, I kind of like that beef prime rib the other day, maybe that'll come out of the the cabinet today. (laughs) So we really need to watch that. And for me, preventative maintenance, little dogs, when you first get these puppies, hold off on that canned food. Do not put it out on the plate. Because I think in many cases we are introducing canned food as something to get our pets to eat when they're very young or very small. We think they have to have it. They don't. We can use dry food and kind of macerate it or make it mushy for them. Uh, so I always kind of say, oh, just don't pull out that canned food. You're going to regret it. Um, and if we can keep them on a stable dog food, I feel much more comfortable. So the tricks, once you got a pet this way, you can decide to either continue the show and know you're going to have a picky eater 
pretty much their whole life. Um, but if we want to make concerted changes, you have to look at your behavior and how you participate in the mealtime. It's best to set meal feedings at least twice a day, set the food down, and it goes away. Leaving food out for the pet to freely choose does not really stimulate them to understand this is mealtime and that's when we eat. Then we have to cut out the junk food and the treats. They do not replace a meal. So we want to make sure we kind of take those away. And then we want to increase activity. Burn calories, you want to eat more. Same thing for our pets. Get out walking these pets. Get them playing ball. Getting them into some kind of physical activity. Frisbee, if a big dog, dog, maybe not so much for a little chihuahua. And then finally, got to experiment. Try different surfaces to feed on, different bowls, no bowls. Try to drop the food from the level of a table. And then really just try to avoid distractions. Sometimes dogs don't do well when there's a lot of other people or pets around. Some do better and eat better. Find out what works for your pet. And and that's really kind of how we work through some of these picky, picky eaters. And uh, my my sympathy goes to you, Jan, because mm-hmm. it is a hard problem once you got it got your pet there. Uh, it's not too late to turn your baby around, but you really have to make sure that we look at all these different behaviors and, and how you can make a difference in your behavior as well. So hope that's of some help. This is Dr. Debbie. Give us a call. Boy, I thought you were talking to Hal there about ladybug you nailed it on the head you're listening to animal radio call the dream team now with the free animal radio app for iphone and android this portion of animal radio is brought to you by red barn your dog's favorite treat company is now in the kibble business with the first five ingredients featuring real animal protein this meal is sure to satisfy your dog's carnivore cravings Your dog loves meat, and Red Barn loves your dog. Visit RedBarn.com and use the promo code ANIMALRADIO for 10% off your purchase. Thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. It's Alan Cable. Folks, you might have heard about the proposed law in Tennessee to make pit bull owners carry insurance. The most difficult part of the bill to swallow is they want to label pit bulls a vicious breed. The entire breed. And any owner who owns a dog that is labeled a vicious breed, you know, aside from pit bulls, will have to carry the insurance. There really is no such thing as a vicious breed, but there are vicious dogs. And any dog in any breed could become a vicious dog. It pretty much has to do with how the dog is treated. Y'all remember Michael Vick's pit bulls? Killer. Nobody thought that they could be rehabilitated. There were 51 dogs found in the Bad News Kennels, Michael Vick's dog fighting operation in Virginia. Out of that 51, two died after the raid. One had to be put down. A couple were claimed by accidents and health problems claimed a couple more. But the most telling part of the story, 28 of those dogs have been rehabilitated and have been adopted. Of the rest, 15 started new lives at the Best Friends Animal Society in Utah. But you can't argue those were some of the most vicious dogs any of us have ever seen. Who turned those dogs into killers? People did. And who rehabilitated them? Gave them their second chance? People did. Pitbulls are popular right now with the wrong people. People who want to appear dangerous or manly. I remember a time when Rottweilers were popular with these folks. German Shepherds, Dobermans. Make no mistake about it, these are powerful dog breeds. Many people think that when a dog attacks, it's sudden and unprovoked. No warning signs. That simply isn't true. If you're going to get a pit bull or a Rottweiler or any powerful breed, you have to know and understand dog behavior. You can't treat dogs like this like humans. A powerful breed needs a strong, confident, secure, calm leader. You have to lead these dogs. I was talking to a guy last week who told me his sister's dog turned on her. But she treated the dog like family, like a baby. And see, therein lies the problem. The dog is not a baby. It's not human. It's a dog. 
dog. You could say that a pit bull is a very, very powerful dog, and you'd be right. Just as a gun is a very powerful weapon. And irresponsible people shouldn't own either. Guns or pit bulls. Get more tips at AnimalRadio.com. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic. And maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call PetJoy right now. 800-451-1359. That's 800-451-1359. Hey, it's Vinny Penn, your party animal, coming at you on Animal Radio. Good day. I don't know why Crocodile Dundee just popped in. I uh, want to talk to you about uh, recently uh, down at uh, the local pet store, and I saw the signs. A uh, guy came in looking for a sign to convey to people visiting his house that he had a large dog. He want, he didn't want beer, beware of dog. He wanted something that said along the lines of beware of large dog. And he was surprised that he couldn't find it. Uh, maybe they exist. You know, maybe they don't. Uh, and, of course, the person helping him at the store, I don't have any clue if they existed or not. For him, he was just, I, I overheard him saying, you know, my dog's a sweetheart, but he's he's a large dog. And I would just want people stopping by to know Marmaduke is here. And you're ba- they're actually making a Marmaduke movie. It's made. It's coming out over the summer. By the way, BTW, Marmaduke. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, nonetheless, he just wants to let people know you, you, you may be terrified as this huge dog comes lumbering at you, but ba- basically you're just going to get a bath in spit and a whole lot of love. And he was surprised that these signs di- uh, didn't exist or that he couldn't find one at this store or whatever. My thought is uh, if they don't exist, I mean, let's run the gamut. Beware of leg humping dog. Beware of dog who will like the taste of your blood beware of wife who's going to scare the hell out of you as she reprimands the dog for running towards you and or barking there's a variety of signs to be made this is yet again your party animal coming at you and 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 missing an opportunity to patent something to copyright something and make money there are all sorts of beware of Mad Lib style, you know, fill in the blank type dogs right here. Send them to me, Vinny at animalradio.com or check me out, www.vinnypen.net. Uh, send them to me there. Beware of dog that will eat your pocketbook and belch loudly afterwards. Beware of dog that will accidentally urinate on you. In parentheses, maybe not accidentally. (laughs) Vinny Penn, Party Animal.
Animal Radio. Hi, this is Elaine Boozler on Animal Radio. Stay new to your pets and some of your exes. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Yeah, okay, so you don't have to pay tolls to call Dr. Debbie or Joey Villani or really anybody here at Animal Radio. Also, you can ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. That's a free download. Also a great app to have. I've looked at some of the updates they're doing on the app that's going to be coming out here in just the next couple of months. looks pretty sharp. So go ahead, download it now. And uh, if there's a recall, anything that affects your animals, you'll know. You'll be notified immediately from that Animal Radio app. Uh, we'll also go back to the phones. What are we doing at the bottom of the hour with news, Miss Lori Brooks? Um, well, you know, hopefully you know that uh, secondhand smoke can harm your pet. Yep. And now they're saying thirdhand smoke. But if you don't know what thirdhand smoke is, I had to do a little research on this. Yeah, what is that? We're going to tell you what thirdhand smoke is. Okay. And how your cats or your dogs might come in contact with it, and uh, some other pets besides your basic cats and dogs that might uh, be hurt by it. Hi, Dusty. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. What's going on? Uh, Two years ago, we decided to get some cows, and uh, we have a few acres and wanted to raise uh, our own meat. And basically, uh, first year we had a cow we had it transported out to be bred and brought back and that's all kind of complicated and costly so this year uh, a friend of mine had a bull that he brought over to our place and uh the we had a heifer that uh i actually saw them breed like three different months and i wasn't understanding why they weren't taking but uh Actually, what I want to know is, is there some type of uh, urine test that you could do for a cow so you wouldn't have to have a vet come out? Uh, you know, that's a great question. And, and first, Dusty, I have to start off in saying that my my exposure to the large animal variety of cattle work um, is generally limited to that of the medium rare variety. So um, <laughs> as far as in my office, um, I deal with small animals, but I have uh, consulted with some of my uh, large animal colleagues, and I can tell you that um, urine tests um, for pregnancy are just not available at this time for, for cattle. Um, and the reason it works in people is because we're testing for a specific hormone that women excrete in the urine. And there just really hasn't been anything isolated in the urine that can consistently predict um, pregnancy in cows. There are some blood tests that can be done. Um, So even if you don't have a veterinarian involved, that might be something that you can look at having done. Um, But uh, especially if this gal is having trouble with conception, then this might really truly be the indication where you need to get a veterinary professional to help you um, to determine if we've got some kind of fertility issues going on. Yeah, I wondered if uh, that was unusual or not, uh, because the other cow that we have uh, that was bred before, uh, she, you know, it was once and done, and and I couldn't believe it when I I saw this go on for like two, two, three months, I think, actually it happened. Yeah, and then definitely, you know, any species, you know, we can run into fertility issues, dogs, cats, um, you name it, um, horses, pigs, and there can be all sorts of issues. So, um, you know, I, I would have to say uh, 
find a good large animal veterinarian in your area. Get her screened, get her checked out, and then maybe from there you can pick up and start doing some um, work with the breeding. Could you imagine if there was a pregnancy test for cows? I mean, they'd have to pee on a stick. Can you imagine that? How do they you have to do that? It's a great idea. As soon as I walk over there, they pee. <laughs> <laughs> Animal Radio, baby. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. Hello, this is Jane Goodall on Animal Radio. And I just like everybody to realize that each day you live, you make some difference on the planet. And you can choose what kind of difference you're going to make. And hopefully every day you'll try to make the world a little bit better for people, for animals, and for the environment. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. In a controversial decision, a Michigan federal court has granted police the right, now hang on here, to shoot a dog that moves or barks at them when they are on official business inside of a home. That decision, yeah, they say it stems from an incident they dealt with back in, uh, oh, 2013. It was in Battle Creek, Michigan, where police shot and killed two dogs while they were executing a search warrant looking for drugs inside of a couple's home. Now, the couple says that the police acted unreasonably because they fatally shot their two pit bulls during that search. But the officers involved said at least one of those dogs had lunged at them. Who knows if it lunged or it moved, but they said they could not safely get out of the basement of the home while the dogs were also there. I guess they blocked their exit. So the Fourth Circuit Court has decided that the officers acted reasonably. And as the ruling notes, quote, they say, we are not saying the officers' responses in this case were the best possible responses. Uh, The court adds that it was only saying that under the circumstances they were dealing with at the time, the officers took the actions they did. And in light of the facts known, those actions were, according to the court, objectively reasonable. And then they added that even dog owners can find their pets to be unpredictable at times, especially when dealing with strangers. But still, that's kind of scary. Yeah, they can just come into your house and just... Because they feel they have reason, they can shoot your dogs on unrelated incidents? Yeah. Where is this? Where is this? That was in Battle Creek, Michigan. Michigan, okay. And and the thing is, is I think that even, well, as as most people are probably guessing, 90% of the people in the country uh, have a fear of pit bulls because of 
uh, things that some of them are capable of, those dogs that have been raised to fight and things like that. So the propaganda goes on against the dogs, and it just kind of gets into everybody's head that these dogs are vicious. Well, you think, you and, know, I'd say 90% of the people are afraid of the police, so the dogs pick up on that fear, and, you know, it causes tension, and they want to protect, and... That's just not that right. That is a perfect counterpoint, right. Judy. Yeah. Perfect. It's not right. Yeah. No. Isn't there, don't they carry some other uh, weapon other than a gun? I mean, like a stun gun or something that... Mace uh, or mace, something. Pepper, pepper spray. spray. Yeah. Yeah, they used to use pepper spray on dogs. I don't know. Maybe they thought that, you know, I, I don't know. I wasn't there. But the the even the court said, look, we don't think that it was the perfect response, but... It was reasonable. Mm, okay. Wow. So, was yeah, it it's pretty sad. I mean, come on. Well, the FDA has a new warning for pet owners who smoke, saying it is not just the secondhand smoke that is harmful to pets, but animals are also at risk for being exposed to thirdhand smoke, which includes the residue that would linger on your skin, on your clothes, your carpeting, and other household items that could end up on the animal's fur because obviously most animals groom themselves, meaning that residue being transferred from the floor, the couch, or from your clothing or your hands to their fur is going to be ingested by the animal. And certain dog breeds, too, are at an increased risk for nose and lung cancer. And cats living in the homes of people who smoke more than a pack a day of cigarettes they say they, those cats, have triple the risk of lymphoma. That's according to the FDA, which says that smoking can also endanger the lives of other pets, including birds, guinea pigs, and even fish. I would have never thought fish, but <laughs> wow. so. good to know. Yeah. And Universal Pictures has locked down a film schedule with dates now set for a whole bunch of their high-profile animated sequels that are going to be coming to the big screen. If you didn't know, they are developing a sequel to The Secret Life of Pets. And it was supposed to, they had it originally set to open on July 13th of next year, but for some reason it's been pushed way, way back, a whole year so now it's not even going to be out until July 3rd of 2019. And uh, by the way, they also have movie adaptations of Flanimals and The Cat in the Hat in the Works, too. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Hi, this is Jesse Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. I'm on Animal Radio. Adopt a pet. Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. Hi, Marie. How are you? I'm doing good. How can we help you today? I have the whole dream team here for you. I'm the one that called, oh, maybe about three weeks ago about the cat that had the ear mites. Um, and, the one uh, that was scratching our face area, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, I have those five stray cats that's outside, uh-huh. okay. and um, this one has got near mites, and he's got sores about the size of dimes on the back of his ears, between his scalp and his ears. Okay. And he told me to get the revolution. All right. We need to go to the vet for that. Um, so if we've got sores on our skin, we may very well have something far beyond just ear mites. So um, what you need to do is um, get the kitty to a vet or get a house call veterinarian to come out um, because we're going to need, yes, potentially to treat for ear mites, but there are other causes um, that will cause a cat to scratch the, the ear area, have debris, mm-hmm. and especially if you've got large sores there. Um, very honestly, that doesn't just speak of just merely ear mites. So, um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's not a medicine you can just go buy. Um, it does require yeah. a veterinary prescription. Well, that was my question. We was having trouble, you know, getting the revolution. Yep, and uh, that's I was going to ask you if it was prescription or how do we get it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I have to do, you know, I'd say a compassionate plea that this kitty, I know it's a kind of an outdoor kitty, but, you know, it does sound like we need more than just an ear mite treatment. So I would really caution you on just trying to say that that's the diagnosis. Uh, there's so many things that, you know, we, you know, as pet owners uh, can say that, oh, gosh, my dog's vomiting. So, you know, he must have eaten something bad or my dog's got diarrhea. So he, he must have have worms. So a lot mm-hmm. of times we have to really be careful if we make generalizations on symptoms and treat just the symptom with a diagnosis. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I would just make well, sure that, you know. He's hard to handle, so I don't think I could get him <laughs> to a vet, you know. <laughs> I okay. mean, he'll come up and let me pet him and stuff, but that's about as far as that it'll okay. go with him. Okay. So. Well, if you have a you know a farm call vet, something that in your area, they may be able to help you out with that as well. Because if, if they can at least get a close look at the kitty, um, you know uh-huh. that may be another option for you as well. But yeah, you're, you're going to have to get a veterinary professional. I really don't want you, nor you know, nor do I want any of our callers to be self-treating things. Um, you know, we want to make sure we're doing the best thing for the pet. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> can you tell me anything about that front line? I've heard different things about that. I've never used that, but I've heard different different things about it and uh, yeah, yeah. I, well, I don't line, know if it do they have it for ear mites and stuff besides mm, fleas or it, it's not specifically for ear mites no it's not labeled for that it's really more for fleas and ticks um, uh-huh. So yeah, you would want to make sure that. I mean, it's it's not a bad product to use, especially if you're using it in a you know outdoor kitty situ- situation. Uh, it does require you know application onto the cat, so you have to be able to do that. Um, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't look at at that as a uh, a treatment for what you got going on. Yeah, well, he's he's not coughing or sneezing or anything. He just scratches and shakes his head, and um, he don't seem to be sick. He's getting you know he's heavy, he's gained weight, and Mm-hmm. And, uh, but just other than that, those little places, he scratches the top off yeah. of them and then they get sore, you know. Yeah. So. yeah. And I think the last time we talked, I also mentioned that, you know, he may be a kitty that needs some antibiotics as well. Cause once we get abraded, ulcerated skin, that's just an open wound that, um, especially if he lives an outdoor life, that he could you know, certainly have a uh-huh. potential for infection. So <laughs> okay. That would be the other well, thing thank you very much. All Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Sometimes there's no easy answers. You just got to go to the vet or have a vet come out in this particular case. Yeah, and I know it's so hard when we have kitties, you know, that are outdoor that or maybe semi-feral. That, that is a challenge. That There's live traps, too. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. 
Tanya Tucker on Animal Radio. Love those pets. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. When I was a youngster... When I was a youngster... The dog was in the backyard. Had to be in the backyard. Dad wouldn't let the dog in the house. Dad insisted, well, first of all, that they're a mess, which they are. But and also insisted... <laughs> Women have come a long way in training their, their men... That it's okay to let dogs in house now, don't it, you think? It is. Yeah. Thank you so much, women, for doing that. My dad, you know, said dogs don't have any feelings. They're not sentient beings. They feel no oh, pain. Yeah. And they're just an animal. Yeah. And that wasn't really As my that, dad would say. How long ago was that for us? Not very long ago. That's the way we half grew a century up. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Nancy Costello, she believes differently, and she knows right. She's written a book called Beastly Brains, exploring how animals think talk and feel hi nancy welcome to the show hello thanks for having me today so your parents what were they like did they uh, believe animals pets dogs uh, had any feelings they indeed did as a matter of fact my mom kept a uh, bookshelf filled with books about um, dolphins and about dolphin communication um, so I had quite a library to choose from when I was a kid. Mm. When do you think it changed for us, for most people? Well, I I don't know. I think that um, the majority of people, even then when I was growing up, still believed that animals were more machine-like than people-like um, and didn't have as many feelings. There were some uh, renegade scientists who were trying to prove otherwise, but they were having a tough time. No one would believe them. They were shamed when they started talking about and writing books and reports about how animals had thoughts and feelings and emotions. I could tell you in the veterinary world, you know, even pain. People, you know, 30 years ago weren't taught in veterinary school that animals felt pain and really? to treat that. Um, or that that pain was somehow beneficial, that by, you know, allowing them to restrict their activity if they were in pain, they wouldn't hurt their incisions and so forth. So I think a lot of this does evolve with time. And in a positive way which is great. We've learned that even some animals can practice the art of deception or deceiving others. That's right. And also they, of course, could feel things like jealousy and have really? empathy um, and be forgiving as well. How, how do we How did we prove that? The whole jealousy thing still escapes me. <laughs> well, that was one of my, my favorite, I think, um, experiments in the book, that when I was uh, dealing with the different scientists, they... One group of scientists came up with these two dogs, and the, it was a very simple, actually, process in giving one dog treats and not giving them to the other dog, but making the dog put its paw out and repeatedly doing this. And finally, that dog refused to do it, looked at the other dog, and it's like, yeah, that guy's getting food, and I'm not, so I'm not going to do it. So they, he knew he was being wronged, and I think that was... Uh, that was a very big development. 
do we anthropomorphize some of these feelings at all on our animals? I mean, how do we know that that dog was jealous? Well, we put the word on, I think, as jealousy. We do. We can figure out that that dog, by his actions, is definitely feeling dissatisfied and is feeling the reaction that things are not fair. What was your biggest surprise in researching this book that you didn't know existed? I think I was I was not surprised in finding out wonderful things about dolphins and about elephants. Um, I think the biggest thing that did surprise me were uh, the rats. Uh, there was an experiment done on rats, and the, the trait that was uh, discovered was that there is a, a sort of empathy that rats feel. And rats were never one of the animals that I really thought would have such a complex um, uh, trait. And the experiment was done with a tube, and they had a tube filled with uh, chocolate and another plastic tube with a rat that was trapped in it. And the rat that was trapped did not know any other rats. They introduced a rat to the situation. The two rats did not know each other. And the rat that was free was able to go and get the chocolate, which is one of the rat's favorite foods. They could go in and they can get the chocolate and eat it. But instead, the rat actually freed the other rat first. And then it went over to the tube with the chocolate and only ate half the amount of chocolate. Wow. And that really blew my mind when you think about that. Now... Humans don't even do that. Exactly. (laughs) They need all the chocolate first and then think about releasing the other guy. Right. I mean, it was, you know, and they did this repeatedly. So they took different rats, different populations, so that there was never uh, the situation where a rat was feeling like, hey, that's my buddy. I need to free him. Uh Um, And that was quite extraordinary. Wow. I noticed in the book there's no mention of cats, and I'm owned by several (laughs) cats, and I know they're very intelligent. Well, if you look all the way in the back, I have a, a mention of cats because I had to include something um, about our little, and I have a little afterward, and it's really quite funny because <laughs> there was a, uh, in 1876, an article ran in the New York Times about employing cats to deliver mail because they were intelligent and they can go around and deliver pieces of mail to people. Um, which didn't work out too well, as you would imagine. Um, but in my research, I I found that there really wasn't um, research that I could find about a lot of animal cognition. I really don't want to speculate on that, but um, it was it was uh, something that was really lacking. And hopefully, maybe there's some young scientists who will come up and take that upon themselves. I'm hoping so. <laughs> Yeah. Our, our poor cats, right? Yeah. Well, I know they're smarter than humans, and they just—they can speak English. They opt not to. They know. Well, they—they they definitely have a mind of their own. That's yeah. for sure. The book is called Beastly Brains: Exploring How Animals Think, Talk, and Feel. The author Nancy Castaldo. Go on over to Amazon and pick it up, or your local bookstore, and ask for Beastly Brains. Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Okay, yeah, so puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why Ladybug, the Animal Radio Studio stunt dog, uses the Brilliant Pad self-cleaning puppy pad. It seals away the waste and replaces the dirty pad for us. Brilliant Pad keeps the Animal Radio Studios smelling fresh. 
In fact, all we have to do is replace the roll once every few weeks. And let me tell you, that's pretty fast and easy to do. I love it, and Ladybug gives it five paws up. You can learn more about this amazing machine over at BrilliantPad.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And the uh, phones are mostly open. I see Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, on the phone right now. She hasn't taken a call in a couple of weeks. Is she talking to other dogs or to humans? Do you know? I believe to other dogs. Other dogs and cats. Called... She's she's not species. Yeah, it is toll free either way. If you're a dog, your cat, flamingo, or a human. And we'll go back to those phones in just a couple of minutes. Here, Lori, what do you have at the bottom of the hour for us? Who has the better relationship with their pets? Boys or girls talking children, and which one talks to their pet the most? I know, I know, I know, I know, girls. I know. I girls, know. girls, girls. <laughs> we'll see. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, right here on Animal Radio. You had a fifty percent chance, really. <laughs> I see, uh, Doctor Debbie. You brought Nikki in today. Nikki is here under observation today. Yeah, what's that about? Oh, what'd she do? So, you know, we're talking rats, right? Yes. <laughs> so oh, no. out on our morning walk, um, she found somewhere in the bushes a deceased rat. Oh. And mm. it was a petrified rat, kind of dried up, and uh-huh. I didn't realize it at the time. So I was reaching down, and she had something. I thought she was chewing on a, a bone or something, and I was grabbing out of her mouth. And I'm saying to my husband, help me, help me. I got this handle. There's something in her mouth. It was the tail all oh. petrified <gasps> into a curved shape. Oh. Talk about gagging. Um, so, yeah, she's here under observation with Dr. Debbie today just to make sure everything's okay. Um, she was very disturbed that I took it away from her. Now, you you gagging, the, the lady that loves the smells, the weird smells animals emanate. and uh, it's, it's just something wrong about, this is your beloved pet, and you pull out, you know, and I, I love rats. Rats are great creatures, but I don't want a wild nor a dead one to be something that she incorporates as part of her diet. So it's just, there's the ick, ick factor, and then the, oh my gosh, my poor dog, what is she doing now? So, so if you got it from her, why are you observing her? She didn't need it, did she? I don't believe so. Um, but um, she was, it was dark out and I didn't see everything that was going on up until the point where I got up to her. So there's also the concern, you know, was, you know, she exposed to any kind of poison? Was this a rat that was poisoned somehow outside? Um, could she get digestive upset or get sick from, you know, chewing on a dead carcass? So that's just... Um, and I think part of it is I one just of your one it. million worries, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, just one of those things. Now I'm just like, now you're under my yeah. eye and you're not getting away from me right now. I'm going to keep you under our observation. Boy, yes, what are... She just looked at me too. She's just like, what? Yeah. I'm thinking what it's like to be a, your dog. She's probably, she gets to go to work with mommy. She's probably happy. Yeah. Well, she does. She actually loves going to work with me. It's, she gets a lot of attention and, um, you know, she steps on the scale. The only thing she doesn't like and all of my dogs have done this, is we have what we call a treatment room where we perform, you know, procedures, draw uh-huh. blood. All of my dogs, they get to that room and it's like, I'm at the vet. Ah! <laughs> and their legs get all stiff and they try to hug the wall to get around that room. And it is just strange. Every one of my dogs has ever done that. And, uh, I, you know, I should have conditioned them better. They <laughs> smell the fear. They smell the other animals' yeah. fear in that room. <sighs> Yeah. If you want to talk to Dr. Debbie from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry, so download that puppy right now. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? Good. Thanks We're for taking my call. Of course. How can we help you? You know, I got a uh, chocolate lab. He's six and a half years old, and 
he kind of runs free on our five acres here a couple times a week. I got to uh, pin him up for the Zion takes the uh, garbage trucks, but he has a little <laughs> trouble minding me, and and uh, he he not real good at coming when I call him or or dropping the ball. He loves to play fetch, but uh, he doesn't drop on command. You know, mm-hmm. is there any anything that um, you know? I, I work with him pretty good the first year, and then we had a little baby come along, and then uh, you know, so I, I'm sure there's a issue there of dominance there being the alpha, but uh, I, I just can't seem to get him to, to drop on my command anyway. Is any, anything you can well, sh- Sure, there's definitely some things. And the first thing we have to remember is that, you know, it's kind of natural for dogs to, um, I don't want to say guard items, but to kind of protect them, you know, because in, in their world, if we talk about wild dogs, um, their items, they have resources that they protect. So there's some natural instinct. The trick is, in your situation, we need to make the motivation to do what you want greater than his motivation to have that item in his mouth, because that gives him a happy feel good feeling when he's got that item in his mouth. So attempts to take that away, take that feeling away. So we've got to recreate something that's more enjoyable than just holding that item in the mouth. So it's really a matter of positive rewards and finding something that we can use to our advantage. Uh, I have a lab and food is a wonderful motivator. <laughs> so I, don't, I would definitely encourage, you know, small tidbits of really yummy dog treats, um, potentially even things, this is where I hate to say things like this, but little bits of hot dog or things like that, where we can use that <laughs> as a positive reinforcement, um, you know, to get the desired behavior. Now, we don't want to turn this into a wrestling match, but in, in my labs, and I know in a lot of dogs, what we can do to help encourage them to drop and to train that to a command, to a give command or a drop command, is um, to give that command, ask for the behavior. In many cases, we can kind of gently put our fingers in the mouth and just kind of gently open the mouth and retrieve that. Now, when you do that, we don't want him to be anxious and nervous that the item's gone. We want to give him that positive reward. So you give him the little tidbit, good boy, good boy. And we kind of have to work that positive circle around and around and around. Because once you take that toy away, if his anxiety level's going up, we're actually hurting the problem there. So that's kind of the, the... the root to the whole issue there. And, uh, you know, some dogs, you know, if, if he likes to retrieve, then we could do a multiple uh, retrieving uh, session so we have multiple balls. So then that helps to train him that, hey, there's another item here. Don't worry. Give me that one. you got another one waiting for you. And a lot of times I'll use a small training leash to keep them by my side when we're doing this um, so that the other ball is thrown and he's not taken off, you know, off uh, out of your hand and out of your control because you can't expect a dog to follow the direction if you don't have a way to correct that in some way. So keeping him on that light training leash will certainly help. So I think that would be uh, be helpful. And I know my boys, oh, my uh, male lab, he loves his tennis balls, but he almost throws them at me now because he <laughs> enjoys retrieving them so much more than just holding that in his mouth. So uh, I know that motivation is big. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I was a little curious as to go back to feeding him uh, treats because that's how we started type of thing. And but uh, I'll, uh, I'll I'll go back to that uh, that style. Good luck with that, yeah. Joe. Let us let us know how that turns out with your little guy there. Hey, Mike, how you doing? All right. How are you? Good. What kind of pet do you have? I have a ten and a half year old Australian Shepherd. Ooh, very attractive dog. Is, is he okay? Well, she's got ticks, 
and we've taken her, uh, had her bathed. Um, she's got a new tick collar on her, and that was a week ago, and every day we're still picking a couple ticks off of her. Mm-hmm. What, where are you calling from? What area of the country? I'm in Lutz, Florida, which is a suburb of Tampa. Oh, boy, you've got all the critters down there, that humidity, and oh, yeah. So, yeah, you need to come live in uh, sunny Las Vegas where we don't have ticks. <laughs> or I should say we don't have fleas. We don't have many ticks. So um, definitely a very regional problem, I'd say. And now you mentioned that you're using currently a, a flea collar. Um, are there any other things besides the bathing that are being done? Well, we sprayed, had the house sprayed and had uh, the yard sprayed in case it was our yard, but realizing that when you walk her, you know, she's in a lot of people's areas and they're not mm-hmm. spraying, she can pick a tick up there. But I thought the collar would have them drop off and they don't seem to be dropping off. Now, they're, the only collar that I would say is worth um, an ounce of uh, money for ticks is actually the Prevent Tick Collar. Um, any other types of collars, I'd have to say um, veterinary parasitologists will not really get behind those, but Preventic, which is an, actually an Amitraz-based uh, product that's in the collar, that can be very helpful. So um, you might just need to shop a little bit and see your veterinarian for that one because I don't believe you'll find that over the counter. What about those spot-ons? Um, Are those any good? Yeah, and a lot of times we'll use kind of combined therapy. You just have to be cautious that we're not overdosing a pet um, using the same product in different methods. So it's as far as a lot of times I'll use the Preventic collar and then use some other types of methods. Um, we can do a spot on um, front line. Um, there's oral medications, um, one that you can give. It's a flea tick preventative called Comfortis that you can use. Um, so we can use a combined approach for these things. But yeah, we recognize that ticks will reinfest. And not only that, but different products have different timing of when they will kill. Uh, kill, that sounds horrible. Kill the uh, critters. So uh, some of them, it's not a immediate effect. Uh, for instance, frontline, it can take several days until they actually, after they feed, those critters fall off. So some of that is knowing how uh, to interpret the response to that. But I would certainly say if you're using any other um, over-the-counter type flea tick collar, that would be one thing right there we would certainly want to look at trying a different plan. And flea bathing is okay, um, but the effect can wear off. So we just need to make sure that that's done in a timely manner. Um, or use some of the different spot-on products um, that can uh, give you that sustained effect for about 30 days. So there's no over-the-counter flea collar that really works, flea and tick collar? (laughs) Not in my opinion, no. No. Thank you for your call. Good luck with that. Give Thank a, you very much. Give her a big all old right. hug from all of us as soon as you get rid of the uh, the, the, the ticks. <laughs> the critters, we don't want yeah. you to have critters on there, too. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people, too. It was an odd scene in a Honolulu courtroom recently. Dogs of all sizes, even a spotted rabbit named Roxy, were among those gathered to watch as Governor Lingle signed a pet-oriented bill into law. The law allows residents to leave a trust fund for the care of their pet. Sixteen other states have passed similar laws. The average amount left to a pet is $25,000, although in 1993, tobacco heiress Doris Duke left $100,000 to her dog. And Golden Girls actress Betty White's will is reportedly leaving all of her $5 million estate 
to her pets. Now that's a lot of dog biscuits. To find out if you can put your pet in your will, contact a local attorney. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. All of us here at Fido Friendly Magazine can't wait to get on the road again with our favorite Fido. We know that it's just not a vacation without our furry companions by our side. Start daydreaming now and visit FidoFriendly.com to scout out places near and far so you will be ready for your next adventure once it's safe to travel. That's FidoFriendly.com. Until then, stay safe and leave no dog behind. Hi, this is Dean Coons on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pet. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. Go grab them, bring them around the radio. They love the show. They may even want to call. Lori, what do you have at the bottom of the hour for us? Today, I'm going to tell you about fluorouracil. And Yes, beware fluorouracil. Because it can kill your pets. And we'll tell you what it is and where you might find it and really why you need to be very concerned about it. Can't even say it. (laughs) Once in a while, I get one and it's easy. But uh, otherwise, you know, I'm like everybody else. Also coming up this this hour, we have uh, Robert Semro, our Pet World Insider. What do you have coming up? I've got five ways that we're loving our pets to death. We all love them. We treat them. We do so many things with them, but there are things that we're doing that are really putting them in harm's way. Oh, I bet one of them is treating them. Uh, You are spot on, my friend. Spot (laughs) on. Okay, we'll talk to you in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Thanks, Robert. Let's head to the phones. Hi, Angela. How are you? Uh, Hey, fine. How are you? Good. I understand you want to talk to Joey Volani. Yes, sir. What's going on? Uh, well, I've got a cat who just loves to be groomed to the point that uh, when I'm not home, my mother's taking care of her. Uh, you know, the cat meets her at the door, runs up on the, to the kitchen counter and jumps up there. My mother gives her a can of food, and she may or may not eat the food before she runs through the pet door into the garage and jumps up on the grooming table to wait for my mother to brush her. Uh, and I'm, I'm explaining all this because, you know, this is not a cat that doesn't like to be groomed. Uh, the problem I'm having is, you know, uh, the, the table is a plastic patio table and chair. Uh, the, I use like a rubber curry brush, like really for a horse. Uh, got a couple of those because they really get the undercoat out really great. The hair flies. But the problem is uh, the cat is getting little shocks that I don't know about from static electricity. And, uh, you know, if I don't notice the tail twitch or the little kitty evil eye, uh, she thinks I'm intentionally doing it, and she will actually, you know, if I don't catch her little signal, she, she'll bite me. Is there any way to cut down the static electricity while she's being brushed? Because she'll sit there and, and love you to brush her for 20 or 30 minutes. Now, I, I got a question for you. It's a short-haired cat, obviously. Yes, sir. The table that you're using, you said, has a plastic top? It's a plastic, solid plastic table on a concrete floor. And I think that you actually get, get... I do have, you know, other brushes, but, 
the majority of the ones I use are rubber. They just get the hair out really good. I think that you're getting the static off of the plastic off the table. But you know what? Instead of changing all that, I got a very, very simple solution. You know what? Okay. Dryer sheets, bounce dryer sheets. Uh huh, yeah. What you're going to do is you're going to take one of them before you groom your pet. And you're going to rub the cat down with the dryer sheet. And what that's going to do, it's going to eliminate the static. So you're going to be able to brush and comb your cat with no problems. It's a trick that we actually use in dog shows in certain certain times of the year. Um, when it's a little drier out, you'll get more static. So what will happen is, is you'll get a lot more flyaway hair. And we do that as well. And absolutely will take care of the static. Your, your, your cat won't be upset. You'll be happy. And it actually makes them smell good. Okay, great. Downy, you say. <laughs> Bounce, any type of dryer dryer sheets that you get, the ones, the sheets that you throw in the dryer, just put that. Okay, just, so just any brand, just any dryer sheet. Should I, should I rub the tape plastic table with it, too, or just the cat? I would just rub the cat. I mean, it, could, it couldn't hurt. I mean, I've never rubbed down the table before, so I, so I honestly don't know. But I know if you do rub the cat with it, it will absolutely, positively eliminate the static. Oh, thank you. You've made both me and my cat very happy. Good. <laughs> uh, thank you. That's why I'm here, to make you guys happy. Thanks for your call today. Let us know how that Thanks, works. Angela. This is Animal Radio. Who let the dogs out? Hi, it's Alan Cable, and it's time for another dog tip. Here's a sound you never want to hear. Fact is, a lot of people hear that every single day, and it's scary. Could be your own dog is taking over your life. When it gets that far, when your dog is growling or nipping at you, maybe for even sitting on your own couch or getting into your own bed, getting close to his food, trying to shoo him away from a window or door he's barking at, when it gets that far, it's time for you to bring in professional help. Don't try to fix this problem on your own, especially when you have a big, strong, powerful dog. It doesn't happen overnight, but if you let a dog take control of your life, you're probably going to have problems down the line and they could be big ones you may think you're showing your dog affection by letting him sit in your spot on the couch or taking over your bed you may make excuses when he growls at you for getting too close to his food or trying to take one of his toys you rationalize it away when he nips at you he did it because i gave him that toy it's his and i tried to take it away i've disturbed him while he's eating naturally he's upset he tried to bite me when i got in my own bed because i woke him up this is by far the biggest reason why people give up dogs the dog gets aggressive, you get scared, he gets more aggressive. And an aggressive dog is a scary dog. Most people can't handle it. They worry about their kids and their friends coming over. And the more they worry, the worse the problem gets. They appear very weak in the dog's eyes. And the dog has no trust for them. So they start locking the dog away from people. They can't bring him out anywhere. And the dog either gets given up or spends most of his time locked up. Away from other dogs and away from people. He gets labeled as being vicious. When you think about it, it's pretty sad and it's avoidable. And with the right person in your corner, this problem can also be corrected. So if your dog is starting to become aggressive or he's already full-blown out of control, you owe it to the dog to get him help because you probably contributed a great deal to the problem. Once you come to terms with that and make the decision to learn, change, and grow, with a great professional at your side, your dog can change too. Get more tips at AnimalRadio.com. Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Hi, Randy Travis here, and you're listening to Animal Radio. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic, and maybe they just don't have energy. 
Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call PetJoy right now. 800 This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Heads up. There is a skin cancer cream that is usually used to cure and prevent skin cancer in humans but has killed at least five dogs after they accidentally swallowed some of it. Now the Food and Drug Administration is warning pet owners to keep that cream out of the reach of pets. It is called Fluorouracil, and it is sold under the brand names Fluoroplex, Effudex, and Carac, or Carac. In one of those cases, two dogs got a hold of the tube, and they were playing with it when one dog punctured the tube before the owner could get to the dogs to get it away from them. Well, two hours later, the dog that bit the tube open actually began vomiting and having seizures. It died just a few hours later. In another case, a dog found his owner's fluorouracil tube and ingested some of it. The owner then realized the dog had eaten some of the cream, rushed it to the vet where it had to be euthanized. So this is very, very serious stuff. If you know anybody who's dealing with skin cancer, ask them if they use this cream, fluorouracil, and let them know. The FDA itself is warning pet owners who are using the medication to be extra careful if they have pets because even very tiny amounts of it can be deadly to animals. Now, although there are no reported cases of cats ingesting the cream, cats could also be at risk. Also remember, if someone uses the cream fluorouracil and then touches their cat, the cat can accidentally ingest that medication because the cat grooms itself. Mm. The FDA advises pet owners to keep the medication in a place that's out of reach of pets, and to clean clothing and other surfaces that might retain traces of the medication and to ask their health care provider, their doctor, on the right way to cover the area that the patient is using the cream for so that none of it leaks out. According to a new study from the University of Cambridge, children get more satisfaction from the relationships they have with their pets than they do with their brothers and sisters. And the research also found that many kids get along better with their pets than they do with their siblings. I would hope so, if I remember my childhood correctly. And, you know, that is not the best news for parents, obviously. But this study does seem to speak to the importance that a pet can play in childhood development while helping kids to foster and improve their social skills. Earlier studies 
I didn't know this, have often found that boys report stronger relationships with their pets than girls do. But this study found exactly the opposite to be true. Now, while boys and girls are equally, according to this latest study, equally satisfied with their pets, girls report feelings of more companionship and also more conflict with their pets than boys do. And girls, they say, also talk more to their pets. I, I talk to my pets all the time, so I don't know what to say. Yeah, me too. That's I, don't I don't think I ever stop talking to them. They probably think, why don't you be quiet? Um, Sometimes mine answer. <laughs> Sometimes, yes. <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Hey, this is Brian Dottillo. I play Lucas Roberts on Days of Our Lives, and you're listening to Animal Radio. And please don't forget to have your pet spayed or neutered. That's my favorite saying from Bob Barker, by the way. Hello everyone, it's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List, 5 Ways We're Loving Our Pets to Death. We should be looking at our overall approach to how we treat our pets and realize that our love, while deserved and well-intentioned, can actually be hurting our pets in the long run. To begin with, I'd argue that our love for our pets is the biggest cause for the rise in obesity of pets. It's an epidemic and it's dramatically impacting the health and longevity of our pets. It isn't just the ingredients that some treats have, it's the fact that we love our pets, our pets love treats, and we love seeing them happy. So what to do? Well, the most important thing you can do is to remember that a treat is not a meal. It is in addition to the meal. So if you're giving a number of treats throughout the day, keep track of them and reduce some of their actual meals accordingly. An occasional splurge day isn't the problem. It's the constant daily added treats that add weight, and even just a few a day can add up to big problems over a month, let alone a year. So treat, but treat responsibly. Next up is driving in the car without your pet being restrained. I know it's cute to see a happy dog with his head sticking out the window. The problem is that any sudden stop and that beautiful pet of yours becomes a flying projectile that can be harmed or cause harm. And for you lap sitters out there, your pet doesn't understand that you need to focus on driving. I know you love them, but loving them means being responsible for them. And in this situation, making sure that they're securely restrained for their safety, your safety, and the safety of others. Next up is the dreaded vet exam. Pets hide or pretend they're asleep just to avoid the stress of heading to the veterinarian. Oh wait, maybe that's what I do. I know my pets don't love going to the vet, but that's my problem. I need to make it a more enjoyable experience for their health's sake. Your vet needs to see your pets at least once a year. So much can change in a year, let alone the multiple year scale we use for dogs and cats. Next is not correcting a behavior because you don't want to be the mean one. Bad behaviors can be a sign of many things, but correcting or redirecting behavior is important for you, your pet, and those around your pet. Finally, and this one's easy to miss, cleaning supplies need to be pet safe. It's important that you clean, but more important that you clean with products that are safe and won't harm your pets. Just because it's natural or green does not mean that it's pet safe. 
You know, we all love our pets and our pets deserve that love and care. Part of loving them is also being responsible for them and their safety. Share your ways we love our pets to death on our Animal Radio Facebook page. Hi, Monique. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I'd like to know how to better get my cat. I've moved several times in the last two months, and now I live on a five-acre ranch, and I'd like her to be an enjoyable outdoor kitty. And And was she before? Yeah, she was before, and now this new place, and she's got five acres to run on. She's like, she stands at the door and looks outside and goes, eh, walks back in. (laughs) But before, I would open the door and she'd be gone. And how long have you been in this new home? Uh, A month. Well, I'll tell you, the reality is I'm not upset that she's not going outside because the, the reality is that cats that, that spend a good proportion of their time outside live half as long as cats that are indoor. Um, and that's because there's the boogeyman out there. You know, there's uh, wild animals. There's a lot more risk for infectious disease and other hazards they can get into. So for me, I'm not too bothered by that. Um, but, you know, if it's important to you for her to spend time outside, and especially if we think it's important for her to be a happy your kitty um you know i guess there's some things we could try um but if they don't work i'm not going to be upset if everything else is good in her world and she's happy in that inside uh lifestyle but the first thing i would definitely do is to get her more acclimated to the environment outside in the immediate area around the house is really take her out on a harness um, with a leash and spend time out there with her um just so she can get more comfortable with the domain around the house and uh, to get a little more familiar now if you're noticing that for instance there's you know other animals or even coyotes, other critters out there, you know, I'd have to say, woo, let's stop, you know, because I don't want her to feel comfortable around those kind of things. So if you get any. There's a dog that lives on the property, um, but there's other cats that live on the property. Okay. The dog likes cats, so he doesn't chase them and he doesn't bother her. Well, in, you know, a major move to a new home, it, you know, definitely can take some adjustments. So, you know, like I said, if you're motivated to get her acclimated to the outdoors, we can work up to that with um, exposing her out with, you know, leash accompaniment. And then, you know, if you have to even temporarily, for the sake of her comfort, build her a kitty patio um, where she can kind of be outside but still feel secure like she's kind of in the house, you know, that's not a bad thing. They get to enjoy the sights, the smells, the sounds of being outside. And, you know, the reality may be she does not want to go out in this new home and it's nothing against the home or the dog or the other cats that are there but it's not the same and you know to expect a kitty she's having a hard time adjusting to the move potentially but some cats you know when we move uh, from one area to another you know we can't expect them to be as adaptable as people sometimes they don't like the other animals in the area and even if she's been around other cats and other dogs you know it's it's like i always say those college roommate situations you can throw two individuals together and ask them to get along but sometimes it's just not going to happen you're listening to animal radio find us at animalradio.com log on learn more Hi, it's Alan Cable. Welcome to The Mess. Here's today's great dog story. You're going to love this. Olivia Sievers is a flight attendant that flies a lot from Germany to Argentina. She spotted a stray dog outside of her hotel in Buenos Aires. She was drawn to him, spent a couple of minutes, and then thought nothing about it. But every time she came into town, the dog appeared to be waiting for her and would follow her around wherever she went. Looks like this dog knew who he wanted. Anyway, she arranged for him to be taken to a shelter and adopted. Some folks did adopt him, but the dog escaped the home and went back to the hotel. So Olivia decided she would adopt the dog and take him back home. You know, some dogs and people are just magical. 
This is Animal Radio, baby. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic. And maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call PetJoy right now. 800-451-1359. That's 800-451-1359. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. To see Lacey, the American Bulldog mix now, you'd never guess that behavioral problems landed her on death row at the animal shelter. But thanks to Mixed Up Mutts, a nonprofit dog rescue organization founded by Chris and Sarah Stevens, Lacey was sent to prison to be trained by inmates in a pet obedience program called Prison Tales. Prison Tales pairs two inmates with a hard-to-handle dog for an intensive 12-week training program aimed at making an unadoptable dog adoptable. And it's working. Lindy Getz of Mongo, Indiana, who heads up the program, says it's a win-win situation. The animal benefits, the inmate benefits, the institution benefits, and the adopting family gets a well-trained pet. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. I present to you... The dog father, Joey Villani. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I can't complain. I want to talk about dentistry today. I am noticing more and more that professional groomers are doing dentistry with their scaling teeth um, in the grooming salons. What? And usually because, yeah, I, and this is, this is something that I'm totally against and I want to talk about it. A grooming salon is, is for hair. Okay, it's not to be doing dentistry. They do not usually have the equipment to polish out the teeth and to keep the teeth nice. So usually they're very porous after they're scaled. And what will happen is the staining will come back and it will make it worse. So to be quite honest with you, and again, I know there's some groomers out there that are going to be upset with me, but that is left for veterinarians. That's why they go to school to learn that. So if your groom is doing it, I would be very, very cautious about, about having that done. Now, if your groom is just going to go in there and brush your dog's teeth, that's also a good thing. The only problem is if they're doing it and you're not doing it at home, you're really not doing any justice. It would be like you brushing your teeth every time you got your hair cut and not doing it uh, more than that. I had a woman that had um, two pugs, and they had horrible, horrible breath to the point where if they were a foot away from you, you couldn't stand the odor. So, you know what we said? Well, let's, you know, let's just take a look because you should take a look at your dog's teeth. And what we did find was these dogs were lickers and they had an abundance of hair that was wrapped in the teeth mm. and was, was, was all stuff stuck up in their gums and, and all. So we went in there with, um, a cotton swab with a little bit of, of, 
um, toothpaste that they make for pets. This happened to be a liquid form, okay, that you actually put on your finger. Oh, you got like a little sleeve that goes on your finger, and you, and you get to rub the teeth and gums. And we went in there, and we took out, and I'm not exaggerating when I say if I was able to put it on a tablespoon, it would have filled up the whole tablespoon. Oh. So we went in there, we wiped it all down. Do you want to know something? The odor went away. The dog's teeth weren't bad. The dog just had stuff all stuck up in its gums and its teeth. Uh. So if you don't want to do it, just tell your professional groomer, look at it, and they'll do, you know, they'll brush it and they'll go in there with a cotton swab and they'll clean everything out, and you may not have any problems. But if you leave that in there, what's going to end up happening is it's going to get infected, it's going to smell, and then it could cause tooth decay or lead to something worse. But it's real easy. Just go in there and look and either do it yourself or have somebody do it for you. And if they're doing dentistries, like I said, that's up to you as the owner. But remember, in some states, it's even illegal for your professional groomer to do it. Yeah. Well, you should be up in there brushing their teeth at least. Well, Dr. Debbie says every day. (laughs) So you should see that hair and stuff, right? How many people do you actually really, truly know that go in there and brush their pet's teeth every day or even look at it? One. Even even once a month. I know one person. That's it. Yeah, I don't I don't know too many. Is it I you, mean, Judy? It's, it's very, oh, no. <laughs> a diligent pet owner will do it only when there's some sort of odor or when they notice something, but it's not something that most people go in. You know, it's funny because why would you think not to, you know, when it's drilled into our heads as children, you know, brush your teeth after each meal and at least twice a day and floss and all that, and then we totally neglect our pet's teeth, you know. It's basically the same thing. You're so right, Joey, but I have bulldogs, and, and their teeth are notoriously truly all over their mouth. Uh, not Correct. just in two nice, neat rows. But I think just because the dogs don't like it. Well, I, you know what? And, and I totally agree with you there. But I think the more that you have your hands or, or a toothbrush in their mouth, eventually it's going to make it a little bit easier. Now, again, I say it like pet grooming. Pet grooming, I can, I can offer a dog a steak and champagne dinner and they still don't want to be groomed. But the more I do it, you know, usually the more used to it they get. They still may resist, but it's not as much. So it's the You're same right. thing with brushing right. teeth. You know, they'll, they, they will somewhat get used to it. And you know what's a real easy, if you have, if you have nothing else, go out and buy some gauze pad, you know, and just wrap it around your finger and just go in there and just put your, and as long as the dog's not going to bite you. I don't want people sticking their fingers in a, in a dog's mouth that you know you're going to get bit. But if you have a dog that you can put your finger in his mouth, you know, wrap it with gauze pad and go in there and, and, and you know, go up in the gum and it'll pull everything out. Okay, all of our pets have uh, either gas or need to go to the bathroom, so we're going to get on out of here. <laughs> she could just sit in misery and smell the gas like I am. Poor Nikki's girl. a gasser. Oh, she ever. I read it in the books about the breed before I had one. I, I guess I didn't quite realize <laughs> How bad it was. Yes, but I, I, one of my labs was gassy, so it's... Uh, See, I heard that, that Boston Terriers, I thought they were one of the worst. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, because yeah. they, they, they're sucking in the air, all of that air. Yep. But labs, really? They're... Yeah, he was really a gassy boy. Oh, yeah. To the point where, you know, he would toot and look and like, that didn't come out of me. <laughs> La- ladybug does the same thing. We'll be laying there. And she'll be sitting next to me, you know, on, on the couch, and all of a sudden I'm going, oh, my God, what is that smell? And she turns around and looks at me, gives me a real nasty She's look. She's going, oh, my God, what's it's that like, smell? Yeah, it's like, that was you, girlfriend. That wasn't me. Don't don't look at me. She looks at me like, you know, 
Remember <laughs> to download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And remember to get your fix over at animalradio.pet. And we'll catch you next week for more Animal Radio right here. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.